0: Welcome to the fourth episode of the fourth series of the Women in CX podcast, a series dedicated to real talk conversations between women in customer experience. Listen in as we share our career stories, relive the moments that shaped us, and voice our opinions as loudly as we like about all manner of CX subjects. I'll be your host, Claire Musket, and in today's episode, I'll be talking to one of our community members, a seriously awesome entrepreneur in CX, let me introduce you to today's inspiring guest. She's based in Denmark and following studying sociology, she went on to spend 15 years developing and implementing CX improvements for B2B and B2C customers for three of the biggest Danish brands, Copenhagen Zoo, Tivoli Gardens and Copenhagen Airports, and has since founded multiple businesses, including the Scandinavian experience management community and is presently CEO of Experience Management Consult. Please welcome to the show, CX sister, Steen Ringvig Marcel.
1: Hey, Steen. Hello. How are you, my dear?
2: I am doing very good.
1: In good <laughs> company,
2: so I'm doing good.
1: Oh, I love that. Right. Well, welcome to the Women in CX podcast.
2: Thank you. And I'm very wa- excited to be here.
1: Oh, I'm so excited you're here too, Uh, and welcome to everybody listening along as well. So, Steen, I'm super, super excited for our conversation today. Um, We've been in our community for almost a year now, and uh, and we've had so many exciting conversations. I can't wait to share this one with the world. So, just to ease us in gently and get us warmed up, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into CX? Sure, I.
2: I'm initially a sociologist, so I studied sociology and um, I've always been interested in behavior. Uh, When I was done with university, I kind of didn't know what I was going to do, you know, when I grew up. Um, And so I just coincidentally tripped into a role in the Copenhagen Zoo as a sales manager. So I was working with uh, business to business sponsorship sales. And that sort of, um, I found it super interesting because starting to understand one business's needs in terms of being able to tailor a sponsor package, I, I really liked it. And then uh, we worked with a UX company on improving our website. And this is actually when I started understanding there was anything related to, you know, the X. <laughs> That was interesting. So when I stopped working at the zoo, I actually joined this consultancy firm and spent quite a a few months doing their research, like using my sociologist toolbox in terms of, you know, interviewing customers, developing personas and understanding like, you know, what does the world look like from different customer types' um, perspective. And our challenge as a as, a, as an agency was that sometimes, you know, we would make like a brilliant uh, user-centered website and then um, they would also have a store or they would have a call center. And so what about that? And so we we teamed up with um, the leading service designer in Denmark, um, a guy called Sean Beckman. And, and so this is my first initial meeting with service design. And I was just, I was like this, this is what I want to do when I grow up. Um, and so when I stopped working at this agency, I contacted Sion and I said, listen, I would just love to be able to learn from you. Can I follow you around and be your, sorry, hemorrhoid for a while? <laughs> and <laughs> what, what a choice of words? Yes, yes, sorry. <laughs> um, I can blame it on the, you know, English not being my mother tongue, right? <laughs> And so Sam said yes. And, and I started, you know, doing workshops with him and seeing how he worked. I read his books. And then what happened was that I was contacted by Thule Gardens, which is the biggest uh, tourist attraction here in, in Denmark. And I've always, you know, I think a lot of people always thought, you know, oh, what would it be like to work at Tivoli, you know? And so I couldn't say no, but this was back into the um, the sponsorship um, business-to-business um, role. And I just thought, you know, wouldn't it be great if they had a customer experience manager position here? Uh, but they weren't quite there. And so I was like, okay, but I'm going to join. And it was, you know, great experience. And then after a year, they actually posted position of customer experience management manager and I was like okay this I have to do so I you know jumped at the throat and got the position and and basically the rest is history.
1: Wow and do you like roller coasters?
2: (laughs) Some I like some
1: not all. (laughs) I love roller coasters that would like literally have been one of my dream uh, areas to work in customer experience in theme parks so I'm super jealous. Um, and then, and then, like, what kind of? Where did you go after after the theme parks? Where did your customer experience career journey take you?
2: Well, I was contacted by um, a headhunter that was trying to fill a position for Copenhagen Airport, the Service Excellence Director. And at the time that they contacted me, I was like, No, no, it's so great here. And then after a while, I was like, Okay, I contacted them back, and I was like, Okay, I would maybe like to, you know, put in my bid for that position. And so I did. And then um, seven years later uh i i worked for at the Copenhagen airport for 7 years as the service excellence director which is a you know a, a very nice way to say customer experience manager i guess <laughs> but responsible for driving the customer experience throughout like across the different customer segments of the airport so um obviously there's passengers uh but there's also Airlines, ground handlers, uh, and the concessionaries that have the shops in the shopping center and so forth. Uh, so, it was really like the switch from amusement park to airport was quite. Um, I think it sort of propelled me into CX in a deeper way because I think when I was in Tuuli, you know, you read all those you know customer experience books and you you know follow the hashtags on linkedin and at the time at least and i think it's still somewhat that way there's a lot of you know put your customer first and you know examples are amazon and disney and zappos and and then you sit in an organization like the airport which has a hundred year history it's regulated and i just couldn't um i just couldn't really uh connected the way I thought I was supposed to and when I say thought I was supposed to is because you know of you know the the way the experts are portraying it so for a while I felt quite challenged until until I grabbed in my you know sociological toolbox and I was like okay but I have to understand the needs of my you know of my um, colleagues like the managers and the Um, the leaders of the different departments where I was trying to drive change or where we needed to drive change. And I have to understand the needs of the employees on the floor. Like how can I make their role fusion with the needs of the customer? So, so I feel um, I spent a few years doing things that a lot of people felt were, ah, she's implementing so much and she's so efficient. But then when I looked across, like I looked behind my shoulder a few years later some of those things just sort of died out because i hadn't adapted it properly to the operation and to the kind of organization that that i was in um, so i think being in the airport really taught me a lot about making things super functional i've always been very focused on how to make this work on the floor uh, which i think is 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 missing from a lot of you know um literature and statements on what you should do about your customer experience. But so I think in the airport, that really sort of drilled the challenges I had at first at the airport really drilled into me, you know, think about how is this going to work on the floor in a 24-7, 365 operation going 100 miles an hour and where you can't just pull out 1500 security Um, employees for an eight-hour course because it's way too costly. So the airport really taught me how can you do CX and make it work without having an astronomical budget, without needing to sort of halt your operations and pick the puzzle apart and put it back together. Um, so, So
1: yeah, now I forgot totally what your question was but that was the end of my sentence. (laughs) No, I was just asking you a bit more about um, kind of like your career journey. So I, so I'd love to actually part that part around, you know, customer experience is not one Mm -hmm. size fits all. And yes, compared to what we're told about these frameworks, especially in kind of these B2C ones, and then like ending up in a situation where it doesn't quite apply. um, We're going to come back to that for sure, in in the next segment, but 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 I still think that, like there's still a bit more, isn't there? Like what what have you done since Copenhagen Airport? What what are you doing right. now?
2: Yeah, I have a <laughs> knife now. True. <laughs> um, yeah, since Copenhagen Airport, um, I've founded a community which sort of coincided with yours. So I was in the process of designing a community because I had felt quite lonely in the role. I was I didn't have a team, so because my job was to drive the managers and make customer experience something that, you know, was an, a culture in the organization. So you could say my people—that was all the people. Um, so to have that sort of collegial, collegial, chat collegiate, and <laughs> what collegiate, I think, right, <laughs> that chat <laughs> with with someone who is sort of from the fra- same frame of mind. Mm. Uh, or mind frame set, whatever you know what I mean I um you mean. yeah, you know what I mean, I hope everyone else does too, otherwise, you know
1: <laughs> they do because they're probably c x professionals who've experienced a similar sense of True. profound loneliness, and you know whether or <laughs> yes. not you have a team or not as a leader in customer experience. Without right. doubt, and again, part of the reason I wanted to, to start the Women in CX community was because yeah. we all deal with it. Because it yeah. feels like sometimes we are talking a different language or yeah. uh, you know, we're trying to put forward this way of thinking and a mindset and a culture and a philosophy that not everybody gets. And for those of us like you, know, you and I, who found ourselves catapulted from an industry, like mine was hospitality, yours was uh, entertainment where customer experience is everything into mm-hmm. a world where it really isn't. So for you, airports, for me, it was supermarket retailing. Um, I totally get you, that sense of profound professional loneliness and needing a tribe and needing right. support. I wish we'd have had communities like the ones yes. we have created back then. So yeah, you're yeah. doing the good work for sure.
2: <laughs> so when I stopped working at the airport, I was like, okay, I want to, I want to make a space where I can learn and grow and share my experiences and have other people share theirs. So my community is a Danish community for practitioners specifically. So um, so, so I did that and didn't really know what, if I was looking for a new job in, you know, I, I wasn't sure what industry I wanted to go to. Like I've been to the zoo, I've been to Tivoli and the airport, you know, not a lot of organizations can top that i felt so i was i was a bit at a wilderness point uh or i was lost in the wilderness not really sure what to do and then suddenly i was contacted by different organizations saying ah oh, we can see you're not working at the airport do you want to help us do this and and so tasks just kept rolling in and the limit for when i should be in a job kept being pushed and then finally i was like okay well if if the jobs just keep rolling in like this, maybe I should just take like jump and say, okay, I'm doing my own little startup CX consultancy here. So I have the community, which is part of what I do, and then I, I'm a consultant uh, helping other businesses um, benefit from my years of experiences with being successful and failing in <laughs> implementing CX. And, and then I am starting up uh, an academy. Like an online course academy for, you know, trying to make the CX philosophy and toolbox more widely available for for any kind of business who would like to start their journey, but you know aren't quite ready to do that investment that it is to have a a consultant running around on your mm-hmm. premises. So that's what I do now. That's Apart so cool. from you know having you know. I also have a real life, you know, with my wife and kids and things like that.
1: Well, I know, I don't know how you fit it all in. You're so busy. (laughs) But congratulations on making the move. I know, again, kind of having been there myself, leaving the security of a regularly paid job to become an entrepreneur and a founder of your own thing um, is quite scary and daunting, but you're absolutely smashing it. So well done you for making that leap. Um, So yeah, so just kind of like venturing into that personal space then, I I guess, is my next question. So, you know, on the road to all these incredible things that you've achieved, is there anything that particularly sticks out in your mind as a challenge that you had to overcome to become the woman that you are today?
2: I think um, now we're going to go like sort of really personal for a moment. Um, But coming out, you know, I fell in love with a woman when I was 21 and had, up until then, I had had boyfriends and I had, at the time, hair like yours, long. Mine was blonde. Uh, And having lived in a world where I really hadn't seen the world from a different perspective than mainstream, so when I came out and all of a sudden I was confronted with how people would perceive me differently just because I had you know fallen in love with someone who wasn't called Thomas mm-hmm. was really weird uh I I I was in the United States at the time and then thinking you know I'm gonna come back to Denmark and we're a super tolerant co- country we're the first country where gay people could get married so this is like it's gonna be smooth sailing I thought which for the most part it obviously I shouldn't you know it's not a complaint. you know people there are people all over the world that has it much worse but but what it did for me was show me how you know other people would look at me differently. So suddenly I had another like a different life experience than I had had previously. Mm. And that I think is a, is a big strength in the work that I do now because I have a a big respect for, you know, a viewpoint or no not a viewpoint I have a big respect for the fact that reality looks different to everyone and 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 it in many ways it it sparked a curiosity about you know what does the world look like from where you sit from the experience you have from um, the things you've gone through from the things you dream about and And to say that this is an advantage in CX, what I mean is the outside-in perspective is extremely difficult to achieve if you've never had to step out of whatever is the mainstream view or the mainstream feeling. I I don't know how exactly to frame it well in English, but, but having to sort of sidestep there and be like, oh, I understand why people who've gone through this their entire lives have a perception of other people, mm. you know, you know, I, I it it just it did something for my my ability, I think, to to mm. look at things from different perspectives.
1: Mm. And and to empathize, I guess, as well, because like you said, just to play back your own words, it was like, you know, this experience that I didn't expect to have. As women, we're very much gendered, aren't we? Like women are supposed to go and marry somebody called Tom and have 2.4 children. And even our careers are supposed to put the children first and, you know, like be thinking about motherhood our whole lives. So when we deviate from that path, whether it's from a sexual orientation perspective or even the decision to get married or have children, um, it does seem strange that the rest of the world then looks at us differently because of the choices we decide to make <laughs> that have yeah. nothing to do with anyone else. Um, um, yeah, and then I'm sure there are other women um, who listen to the show who have either experienced the difficulty of coming out or are going through that themselves now but it's awesome to see you out proud with your wife and two children (laughs) so I wanted to just kind of move us back towards um, some of the things you've been talking about today have been you know like what CX is a bit like a a bit similar actually what we're supposed to do in CX what the experts tell us what the existing frameworks are, um, what the, the pedagogues of culture within the customer experience industry are, and that kind of discovery of finding out, oh, actually, all these things that I've been told to do don't quite fit here. Now what? Um, and yet still feeling um, that out there, there isn't that, that much difference or, uh, or different options in being able to learn about CX in a different way than Mm -hmm. naming no names, the traditional reads. And, you know, having to then as women um, who've experienced this and seen this and, you know, got our battle scars from failing and then eventually winning most of the time, having to create these the spaces ourselves and creating courses and, you know, whatever else to, to make room for the difference that there is out there in the CX world. I just wanted to dig a little bit more into your perspective around the CX industry. So what are your yeah. thoughts and, and why why are you kind of coming to this point yourself? Well,
2: my thoughts are that there is far too much, excuse my language,
1: but fluffy bullshit. I was going to say, fluff, excuse my language, fluffy, but I knew there must be a swear word coming. So yeah, let's just print yeah, out. There is a lot of bullshit.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. And I think too few people that have actually had their hands dug deep down in the dirt and done stuff, too few of those are speaking out about their methods and their experiences. And so um, and I think for me, the reason why I built the community that I that I've built, which is similar to yours, only it's Danish and it's a non-gendered one. And you know, but but my the reason was that I wanted those people with their hands in the dirt to talk together and learn and be much more visible. Because I can understand why people say, you know, customer experience, yeah, but, you know, it doesn't really end up on the bottom line. It doesn't create the results that we want it to. Because so many businesses are listening to consultants that have never worked in a company having to implement and make the change. And I think it's damaging to the trade, if you want. Um, because if 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 you try to implement something, but it doesn't work, obviously you're going to say CX doesn't work, right? So, so my whole goal with, apart from I wanted to learn and I wanted to grow and I wanted to know my colleagues in different companies and different types of businesses, was also to raise the voices of those that have their hands dirty and for us to share our challenges. I mean, if someone had gone through the first two two years of the time I did in the airport where I felt, okay, I mean, I did some stuff that worked, but I did a lot of stuff that I also felt, you know, a a year after was just gone, right? If someone could have told me, you know, I did that and this worked better, or I did that and you should absolutely go that way, but don't do that. I would have saved the airport a lot of years or a lot of, you know, um, lost time basically, because I could have implemented faster and better and so, 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 so that was my take on why I've made this community and why it was important for me to have practitioners in it, um, because that is the knowledge that is the seed of the CX of CX growing as a trade and, and creating the results that we all know it can create, but um, but but a lot of the time it doesn't because you think you need to do it in a certain way that someone the big name said you should, but then when it comes down to the dirty job of making it work Monday to Sunday, maybe you don't know that trick, you know, and that's the trick that that's missing. So basically, if, if you want me to sort of narrow down what I think is the issue in in this in CX as an industry is that there is ex- there's very little focus on the effort it takes to actually do change management and changing culture changing behavior changing the way you look at your data all of that stuff much more focus on that and we would get so much further
1: all of us are you preaching to the choir over here yeah i know (laughs) i i guess i i i think like this subject is being broached very negatively in some spaces. So like in mm-hmm. LinkedIn, there are a few guys who you know, just can't stop but slagging people off, you know, left, right and centre. So it's great to have this conversation in a much more positive frame because I'm personally not so sure it's to do with the individuals um, who perhaps haven't got their hands dirty. I'm more concerned it's to do with like customer experience being turned into something it's not so um for example like like when I was in the front lines with my little dirty hands I didn't know these influencers or these organizations even existed to be fair customer experience wasn't really a thing when I started out so my process was all all trial and error you know um and and again kind of coming from an operational route upwards I think you do have a different perspective and grounding but cx is being marketed as a bit of a brand that's about strategy and about frameworks and about um courses that you can take in a short amount of time to qualify to be a right. professional so so i get that um but you know in my where i'm at now especially with our community and having seen like the 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 rainbow that is customer experience really like it's a fusion of lots of different methodologies isn't it and Mm. when you're down in the trenches to the point you made earlier you have to understand your stakeholders the business that you're operating within the goals of that organization the employees and the culture and the the change management is probably the reason why most customer experience initiatives fail because it does take a hell of a lot of leadership capability to do that. Yes. And nobody really teaches CX leadership, do they? Or, you know, leadership no. more broadly. And that's you know part of the reason that in our women in CX community, we're now, you know, offering keynote speakers, but that's balanced with the expert members who've got their hands-on experience doing masterclasses and case studies and bringing it all to life. Right. Um, so, um yeah but I don't really know what what the answer is to this so so what do you think needs to change
2: (laughs) well one thing I've thought about a lot is the way I the way I sort of came into CX and when I read the literature that existed at the time and now please if there's an author out there that is like but I wrote a book on that and you say it doesn't exist. So sorry, I didn't read all of the books in the universe. So maybe there is, you know, some great books. But at the time, I was following different, you know, hashtags on LinkedIn and, and, and reading articles and all of this. And I think at the time, um, and, and to an extent still today, customer experience was framed as, you know, this has to absolutely be the religion of the company you know it has to be you know the customer has to be at the center and everybody should sort of uh, wheel into that perspective to make it work and so the, the 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 examples of you know having amazon google and 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 disney and zappos and stuff and and i think for a company that either is, you know, entertainment industry, where really the experience is what you're selling, that absolutely makes sense. It also makes sense if you're a startup company, where you're starting from scratch, and you have to build it up. But to tear an entire airport apart with, you know, 2,500 other companies working at the same airport, and, you know, 24,000 employees. Are we going to get return on investment if we do that exercise? I don't think so. But can we get a return on investment if we do a little bit every day that makes us more likely to achieve our goals because of how we do the experience? Yes. So for me, I think there are, there is another viewpoint on you know, putting the customer at the center, and that is to view the CX function as a support function, just like HR is. You know, just like any function that basically is there to support the company reaching its goals. So that's another thing I have with something I call the CX blabber, when people are like, oh, we got to wow the customer. We have to do, you know, confetti bombs and, you know, all of this stuff. Mm. No, maybe sometimes we're 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 the lubricant that helps us get to where we're going. It's never about only creating a wow moment or those. That's great. I'm not saying you shouldn't, but there's a lot of stuff that needs to happen before you reach the point where that makes sense. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think there's this, you know, there's CX as the religion where you were in a company where it absolutely makes sense. And it's economically feasible to put the customer at center right now, tear everything apart and Rebuilt it. And then there is the other one where you look at the customer experience function as as basically a support function like any other that helps the company reach its goals. Because let's face it, it's not about happy customers. It's about the organization reaching its goals. It's not about wow or confetti. It's about either improving the bottom line, or if you're a hospital, it's about perhaps in the patient-doctor conversation that the patient believes the doctor more than they believe Google. So what can we do at that touch points that makes that difference? How can we make a peak end experience when you leave the hospital, leaving you with that trust in what has happened? You know, that's the organizational goal here. So so. So to 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 say it, you know, in short, the focus has to always be on the organizational goals, and then you tailor your CX effort accordingly. And if you think that you have to tear the entire organization apart, apart and that's a very costly thing, then maybe you shouldn't do CX in that way.
1: Um, I'm just laughing because I remember, though, like. <laughs> um this wasn't because of any external force like but i really was the kind of young cx professional who would want to boil the ocean for right. the customer and like to put them at the heart of everything um and and the pragmatism when i like i said i you know, left this hospitality company went to supermarkets, like this company that I moved to had 190,000 employees it was a beast 32 million customers and I walked in there all fresh faced really excited like right are we ready to tear it all down and start again (laughs) and you know the naivety I had that you know that it was even going to be possible but then being confronted with the fact that actually customer experience isn't the be all and end all in every organization and it's never going to be how do you find the roots in? Like you say, you know, by orga- understanding the organizational goals and the objectives that can be fulfilled by doing things better for customers. And it might be a process improvement rather than a wow moment, but you know, right. just avo- avoiding unnecessary costs because we do something badly for customers or complaints or whatever. So, um, so that really resonates with with me, um, and having to become much more pragmatic as i've got older maybe it just happened anyway but you know it's actually actually there's only a finite amount of fucks that you can give when it comes to customer experience and if you go throwing them around on everything as a cx um, leader or professional you're gonna burn out so fast and i did definitely on numerous occasions so you know how do you really get down to the nitty gritties i love it when you say that word the nitty gritties of what's important to the organization and what activities am I going to be working on or helping with or acting as this support function to help other departments be better at what they Mm. do, but it's actually going to make the biggest difference. So, so for me, kind of this whole question around return on investment, there's absolutely a hundred percent a return on investment to customer experience and customer experience practices, either by removing costs that's unnecessary and waste, or if it's in a commercial sense, being able to increase um spend or loyalty or whatever else so i'm not yeah. so worried about that but but for me the problem is is more endemic in like tech vendors for example selling customer experience as a technology product that will solve all right. of these problems like yes. that to me scares me more than any individual who's not got their hands dirty <laughs> is that when when the future of customer experience is moving to a, a place where you can buy an off-the-shelf technology product that, that's supposed to fix everything And it won't, but it's the customer experience word that's getting the bad name because of these promises that are being made about stuff that really isn't achievable. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think we we all need to kind of get back to the, the roots of this and fix, you know, the basic stuff. Absolutely. Before investing in massive technology projects that will sap all of the investment you could possibly make in making improvements, to get back to the nitty-gritties of what's really important yeah. to the business and what's really important to people, and getting right. our attention and our time there. So, um yeah. So, like, kind of any final thoughts from you on like what needs to change or or how we need to get there? Is there anything that kind of like sticks in your mind that you want to get out to the world and share as your perspective? What well I, I think one different?
2: thing is if you know if you work on the inside of a company and you're implementing share it you know share what you do share your successes and share your failures because that's the only way that the fluff can be punctured and 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 for us all to learn grow and move forward and create better results and have better relationships with our customers um I think that's you know that's that's the final thoughts on sort of the industry and what needs to happen. But if I were to sort of say one thing that I think is extremely important, if you do work on the inside of a company driving CX, or you you work on the inside of a company thinking I sh- I'm, I'm I want to move into that type of role. Once that happens, then um, I can't really say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. But be un- unambitious, right? Be unambitious first and foremost and and of course i mean that ironically a little bit but try to spend some time to figure out what is the one thing that will have the biggest impact at the lowest cost and and a way a to yeah well a quick win yes but also like have one focus i had so many initiatives going on like do one thing and do it great and then do the next thing and do that great right, instead of wanting to boil the ocean as you say right and so just to give an example uh if you want to if you have a strategy we want to deliver excellent customer experience that is huge right nobody knows when are we there
1: really are you ever so, really ever
2: good <laughs> right <laughs> and so 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 the thing that the that, that that i did is I focused on you know the customer feedback. What is the number one negative feedback we get? Employee input, what is their number one challenge day in and day out in their everyday life if you have frontline employees? If you're a business to business company where you have you know sales representatives, ask them, they are your frontline. Um, and so to really and, and then hold those two findings up with the organizational goals, you know, what what is it that we want to achieve? And then choose one issue and work on that. Like I've used net promote a score uh, to drive change because all I did, I wasn't really focused on the score. I don't care that much about the score, but what I did care about is what is our number one theme in the negative comments. And then I didn't want to see that six months later in the comments. So that was sort of my goal is to move like, the, the I worked with the security organization in Copenhagen Airport on this. So 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 to say, okay, what is the number one challenge for employees? Is there any, you know, liaison with the number one complaint or feedback that we get from customers? Um, held up against you know we do want relaxed customers because we we want them to shop when they've passed the security check and 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 so to take one issue at the time involve the employees in developing those solutions have them test solutions come back give feedback and do the whole loop again so 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 basically like just just smashing one issue at the time that's great cx and it doesn't take a huge setup it doesn't take a huge budget anyone can do it if they know how to gather, you know, and collect input, which is basically, you know, send an email to your employees and ask, what is your number one challenge in, in everyday life? And then you do the same thing over six months later. So so, so when I say in your degree, that's what I mean, like slash one, you know, fix the holes in the road and slash one issue at the time. And then eventually you get to the point where it does make sense to do confetti bombs and wow moments, but there's a lot of stuff to fix before you're there. And then that makes sense if you are in an organization that has, you know, a history and isn't starting up and constructing itself all over with the customer at the center of everything.
1: Very sound advice. <laughs> so I'd just like to thank you. I, I think it's brilliant that women like us are creating these safe spaces where uh, women or non-gendered communities can share best <laughs> practice and, you know, as you said, learn as much from each other's failures as we do from our successes. And, you know, part of the values and the fabric of women in CX is about collaboration. Um, so it's been awesome to collaborate with you on this podcast today. I'm very excited to be having you deliver your case study to tell us yes. more of the nitty gritties about Copenhagen yes. Airport in the community soon. And also that you're going to be back for our live panel debate at the end of the month on linkedin where we will be talking about the pros and cons of net promoter score
2: Ah. (laughs) so uh, thank you we'll also be seeing each other in london
1: oh yes yeah yeah big big news coming out about some celebrations happening on international women's day listeners so stay tuned if you're in the uk we've got something very exciting coming uh coming up so yeah that's it from us today thank you so much for coming you are welcome thank you so much thanks to everybody for listening along we can't wait to see you next time bye for now
0: thanks for listening to the women in cx podcast with me claire musket if you enjoyed the show please drop us a like subscribe and leave a review on whichever platform you're listening or watching on And if you want to know more about joining the world's first online community for women in customer experience, please check out womenincx.community and follow the Women in CX page on LinkedIn. Join us again next time while I'll be talking to another amazing community member, this time from the Netherlands about building sustainable CX culture through experience design. See you all then.